friends drop in on Monday night. And here we go. Podcast. This is episode 220 of the pod. It is your NFL preview. The season is here. Uh, week one of college football did not disappoint. The Irish did give us a scare there, Matt, with uh, with Florida State hanging around, playing some football. Did you hear Mackenzie Milton got hurt two years ago? I don't want to hey, go Jesus, into it. Jesus, Joe Tessator. <laughs> uh, besides the point here, we're going to stay NFL-centric, not looking back. We're looking forward. Uh, we'll talk locks of the week. We're going to give you some divisional champions. We will make our Super Bowl pick. Uh, but first and foremost, as we always begin this podcast with a wellness check, Matt Rooney, how the hell are you in Northern California? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm bouncing around the uh, the West Coast here, so apologize if Joe says described it before we started recording. If I'm sounding a little fish bully, I'm, I'm doing the best I can here so in my San Francisco hotel room. That's that um, primo. Uh, it's that primo Oakland Wi-Fi you're working with. Well, we're in, we're in, we we stayed across the bay, Joe. Ooh, we we, we stay back. <laughs> we stay back in the nice part of town. Uh, but but doing doing well. Ready for some football to get going here. College football was great, like you said. Notre Dame gave us a scare, but we got the win. And now we're on to the Bears. Now we're on to the NFL. It's, it's uh, that we are. It's finally happened. That we are. Um, I don't want to completely take us off off train here, off uh, the train, off the tracks, off path. We always get off the tracks. It. It's okay. Um, your first experience at the Oakland Coliseum last night. Uh, how disgusting. <laughs> Yes. How disgusting. It is, yes, it is It is as disgusting as big of a dump as it's advertised to be. Um, surprisingly, the food was actually a little bit better than, than expected, but for the most part, it, it's a dump. It's not in a oh. great part of town. See, that, that surprises, um, that really, yeah. really surprises me because I had only ever ate, eaten meals, the, the media meals, and they were always yeah. like prison food, so that's, uh, that's good to hear that. Yeah, they was, do make a. Or no, wait! I did go down for a sandwich once. That was pretty good. What did I have? I had like a barbecue pork sandwich or something. Yeah, they, they had like good. a barbecue stand that was good. The pizza looked fine. Alyssa had like a brat and the sandwich. They had like polar sausages and stuff like that too. They actually looked pretty good. I had a hot dog that was a better hot how about dog that? than I had at Dodger Stadium. How about the fact that it's just in the middle of the biggest parking lot in the United States of America? It really is. Because I, 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 I'd driven <laughs> past it before, flying into the Oakland yeah. airport, going into San Francisco, but never been there. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a massive parking lot right next to what used to be, what, what was it, Oracle? Oracle, yeah. Right, right there, yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was an experience. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad I could go and then cross that off the off the list i'm not 15 of the 30 teams and let's let's just get that one out of the way let's just put that one behind us yeah Um, (laughs) that was a a business trip that wasn't a fun trip very very much a business trip uh on air yesterday doing the highlight we obviously showed eloy getting smoked in the knee by the foul ball because there's no protective netting in front of the dugouts and they're at eye level which is just ridiculous and uh, i believe i referred to the oakland coliseum i usually um I usually, when we're doing our preview show, I, I refer to it as the concrete confines because it's just it's just a yeah, piece of concrete right. in the middle. But uh, last night I had to go bad on them because socks were just getting dinged up left and right. Um, and what did I call it? I think I called it an objective hole in the ground. I think it that really was. was. I to it. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. We were sitting kind of behind the socks dugout, so you couldn't. Didn't see exactly what happened with Eloy, but like you looked out, we saw the the video that went out or was turned into a GIF on Twitter of Eloy taking the ball, and then you yeah. saw where the A's were sitting, and Alyssa and I were just like, "How do you not have a twenty yard fence? Just it's yeah. not that hard. Just give me a give me a little league yeah. chain link fence in front of that dugout, just so our major league baseball got, players making millions aren't taking balls." Who, who, 
Who got plunked uh, at second? Was Hernandez stealing got plunked at second? Uh, Larry. Uh, Larry did. La- Larry got plunked at second. Uh, Abreu um, got hit by a pitch in the first first inning. Abreu got hit by a pitch. Uh, who got one off the toe? Someone got hit by a pitch in the toe. I think that, that was, was a pretty break. ugly too. That was a break. No, no, no. Yeah. Abreu, Abreu took it off like the inside back. Okay. Yeah, someone else got plunked too. Um, besides the point. And then uh, – which McCall, Johan, early in the game, Moncada going for yep. a foul ball and foul territory. Well, just makes a business decision. Yeah, just decision. Just completely bailed, bailed, bailed off of the off of the mound there, which is a great decision. It's just nothing good. Nothing good happens to the White Sox or anybody else at the Oakland Coliseum. So let's just no. get. I said, give them the two wins on the back end of the series and just call it a day. Like, like if, get out. If of you there. get if um, you get a win in Game Two of this series, call up the minor league roster. Exactly. And just start yeah. Charlotte on, on the third exactly. Thursday. Uh, but like we said, this is going to be a football-predominant pod. Just wanted to get a little uh, stadium review out of you there, Matt. But we're talking Bears. We're talking NFL action. Week one of the Bears schedule begins in prime time on Sunday night. Andy Dalton against Matt Stafford. Bears versus Lions. Uh, two teams here led by Rams. new look quarterbacks. Rams, excuse me. Jesus, right. Matt Stafford, okay. Lions. Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford it's Lions just, just it's clicks old in my it's brain. It's old habits, die hard. Clicks in my brain. Well, that is one thing that I would like to talk about here is do you factor that in at all? I, you know, I've been asking our guys throughout the week, you know, the familiarity of this Bears defense to this quarterback. Now, I know it's a different offense. It's a Sean McVay-led offense. It's definitely a much more well-rounded team around that quarterback. But just the familiarity of Stafford and, you know, knowing what this Bears front seven can kind of bring to the table, do you think that factors into this game at all? I think it has to a little bit also because you, know, you look at the Bears have played the, this same Rams team, the same Rams coach team, I should say, from, from an offensive mm-hmm. standpoint for the last, was it, two or three years now. So I, the, mm-hmm. I think going into Sunday night, we it's a lot easier, might not be the right word, but you feel a little more comfortable going in with the familiarity a of the offense that you've had to game plan for the last few years but also the quarterback that a lot of these guys have been going against for you know the last however many years since Stafford's been there and they've been there so yeah I I think that's a nice bonus perk whatever you want to call it for the defense but at the same time you this combination of head coach and quarterback is something you haven't seen before there's going to be tweaks and different things they haven't seen yet so it's 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 nice to have but it's by no means means they're going to go out and, and play that much better because of it if that makes sense you, you know i know it makes total sense for me and i i share that sentiment but i also um come at this one from a different angle of like everybody is just assuming that because matt stafford is no longer a lion he is going to prove to us that his numbers aren't just the only thing that are Hall of Fame caliber and that it's his arm and his production and the team and the wins. I, I just don't assume that, you know? I need to see mm-hmm. that. Yes, Matt Stafford is a above-average deliverer of the football, but now he's got to deal with some expectations on his shoulder. You know, now he's got to throw that football to um, some wide receivers that he's getting used to. This is a de- this is a defensive team, and you're not going to prove to me any different until I see it. The Rams are a defensive team first. Uh, that is my biggest concern heading into this matchup here on Sunday night. Uh, 
the Bears do come in, I believe, as eight-point underdogs. Mm-hmm. All of our experts are loving taking those points uh, on the dog here. They think that you know, in week one, you see a lot of these bigger lines, and the games are often tighter than you assume they will be. I do like the Bears uh, here as well. That's not going to be my lock of the week because we know I stay away from the Bears when it comes to locks. Um, we just we – just, uh, it just gets to the point now where it's week one – it's Andy Dalton. It's an offense that has sputtered for the better part of a decade um, and far beyond that. But I, I'll say at least we produced a little bit in the Cutler era. era. But um, I don't know. I, I just I'm coming into this game hopeful about the Bears, but it, it's a it, it might be a false hope with Andy Dalton under center. So I guess I'll ask it this way, Matt: over under one half of a snap Justin Field takes on Sunday. I think it's going to be under, unfortunately, and I think that's why, like, the closer we've gotten to it, the more, like, my expectations kind of keep getting lower and lower. Like, I was really excited for this matchup when I, you know, when they draft Justin Fields, and you remember this is it. But, like, Mm -hmm. just the the closer we get to it, the more I saw out of Andy Dalton in the preseason. He wasn't bad, but, like, he wasn't good either, and Justin Fields did did show flashes against, granted, second-teamers, but, like, it's. I'm excited. I want to watch the Bears play when when the you know waiting all day for Sunday night gets going on Sunday. I'm I'm gonna be excited. I'm gonna want them to win. But like right now, it's kind of hard for me to get too juiced up about it because the expectations have have just kind of dropped because of who's going to be under center. And again, Andy Dalton's better than what they had last year. He's better than anything they've had since Jay. But like, I, it's just hard to get too excited right now i, I hope i'm proven See, wrong but it's hard for and, and i think, and I think you're gonna i think you're gonna get proven wrong because it's I gonna hope be so. ex- i really hope I it's gonna be exciting i'm not saying that there's gonna be some massive change in the offensive side of the ball i expect the bears offense with andy dalton to look very similar to what we've seen in the last few years but defensively i think this is a team that comes out with their hair on fire a little bit i think that there's a little bit of a rejuvenated energy there hopefully um, despite uh, what Danny Trevathan's not going to be available, correct? If I'm not mistaken, he's starting the year on IR. Um, on IR. Um, yeah. the, the corners, the corners are obviously a question mark, but that's a place where somebody can step up and, and really come up big. But when I think about Bears football, you always think about the defense, and I'm just not afraid of this Rams offense. You look at them every single year under Sean McVay. This guy that we've tabbed, the boy genius, who's got all this offensive game planning in his brain. Every year they've gotten worse offensively under Sean McVay. In 2017, they had the top-ranked offense in the league. 2018, they had the second-best offense of the league and lost in the Super Bowl. 2019, they dropped to 11th. And in 2020, they were tied for 22nd in total offense. That offense is moving in the wrong direction. And I don't blame that all on Jared Goff. I mean, yes, some of it is your quarterback's fault. But once again, I'm not sure... I'm not sure that the improvement from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford is going to be all that great. It's it's a totally fair point, and I think the fact that they're without Cam Akers, who was a very, very good running back for them last year, also has to play a factor in that, not to call them one-dimensional, because Daryl Henderson, they traded for Sony Michelle as well, so it's not Mm -hmm. like they're completely empty at running back, but that is most definitely a drop-off from from Cam Akers, and this defense... I think Chuck Pagano did a fine job. I don't think his scheme necessarily meshed with what this Bears defense does well, which is kind of go get the quarterback. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he didn't really like to send pressure very much, and I think going back to a guy in Sean Desai, who was a, a Vic Fangio disciple coaching tree, brings this defense closer back to 
what it was. Hopefully, and not say they're going to be their 2018 defense because that defense was was almost an all time good defense. But I think it brings mm-hmm. them back closer to that, and maybe fits the skill set of what the Bears do on the defensive side of the ball. I do the last year, and maybe a little bit more too. So I'm interested to see what the defense looks like. You're, you're right; that's a good point. Under under new tutelage, under uh, you know. Uh, hopefully a little bit refreshed with with a better offense a better quarterback see what they kind of look like because this is probably it for them if they go out and have a yeah you know a seven and ten season whatever don't look good it's probably it for the defense they're going to see some guys moving out yeah um taking a look at this one by the numbers the bears are catching eight the total has ticked down to 44 all the trends point to the under um, and I think that might be the sharpest play on the board here yeah. is the under in this one, despite that number being pretty low. Uh, the under's 3-0 and in meetings between Matt Nagy and Sean McVay, these offensive masterminds. The under is 3-0 and when these two men have met as head coaches. So uh, going to be a, a lot of fun to watch, going to be a lot of fun to get the season started for the Bears. Is there a player you have circled, Matt, that you really need to see uh, for one reason or another? I, for, and I'll give you time because I know I'm springing sure. this one on you. But for me, it's Allen Robinson. Uh, we have okay. not seen a morsel, a moment of Allen Robinson in the preseason. I have no problem with that, but just a negative air has surrounded him in the contract negotiations and then getting tagged. And then, you know, some of that negativity goes away because you go get the guy a quarterback, but now you're not going to start the quarterback. I just want to see Allen Robinson continue to dominate despite all of the scuttlebutt that follows. And I'm hoping that he does. Yeah, I I like your... Uh, your choice there, but at the same time, I just the way Allen Robinson handled last year, handled the contract situation. I just I trust that he's going to go out there and be the yeah. same Allen Robinson. I'd be surprised if he didn't. I'm looking forward to is the the same position group. I want to see Darnell Mooney and see if he can take a step forward this year mm-hmm. and actually become that legitimate second weapon at receiver, you know, slot weapon that every you know seems like a lead offense needs to have. Or if he gets figured out a little bit and then teams adjust to him, he's not quite as good. I, he was very, very good last year, and he had one of his better games, if I remember correctly, against the Rams last year on that Monday night game, even though the rest of the team kind of sucked. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see if he can kind of take that next step forward now that he has probably a better quarterback and then eventually, a, for sure, a better quarterback whenever Justin Fields takes over. And obviously Allen Robinson on the other side to kind of take some pressure off him. Uh, I, I'm interested to see if he can kind of take the next step into being, you know, a borderline star receiver because he showed the flashes last year. Yeah, I'm really hoping that he blossoms here. And once Fields does get under center, we start seeing the verticality of this offense uh, led by Darnell Mooney. Um, hopefully that that's the uh, that's the case in the short term and not the long term here. Uh, Matt, before we move on, I just want to offer an olive branch to all of our Bears fans listeners here. A reason to believe. Uh, You know, we get these stat packets and these trend packets sent to us from CBS Sports Research, and they do such a great job. And I keep going back to one stat, and I don't know how much stock you want to put into it, but I'm putting a bunch into it because it gives me hope. Uh, The Bears do not play consecutive road games this season. It's just the fourth time that that's going to happen. That's pretty since nice. 2010. That's only happened four, three other times since 2010. Each of those three previous teams went on to win their divisions. I'm not going to say that the Bears are going on to win this division because there is still a wide berth between them and the Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers. But I'm saying that 
if they can get some momentum working in the right direction, from a travel standpoint, it is one of the better schedules in the NFL. Now, from an opponent standpoint, it's one of the toughest uh, schedules in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But just being able to get back to your building and make sure that things don't start sliding the wrong way because we're spending a month on the West Coast, I think that's really, really important to the Bears being successful this season. I was going to go I, – I did not know that stat. That's a stat that I, I very much like, and, and I'm happy I know. You were talking about winning the division, and I don't think they're going to do that, obviously, because it is Green Bay's unless something goes quite seriously wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the other thing to look forward to, whatever reason to be optimistic for me, is that other than Green Bay in this division, it's not all that good. I don't think Minnesota is going to be all that good. I think they're going to – keep taking a step back slash being mediocre with Kirk Cousins in this offensive group. Uh, I just, I don't really have much faith in them. I think Detroit's going to be absolutely terrible and win about two or three games this year. Um, and say what we want. I know it's not the opening day starter. We want Andy Dalton's better than what we had the last couple of years. He Justin Fields will most certainly be better than what we had the last couple of years. So I, I think there's reason to be optimistic that the bears can, you know, go three and one against the Vikings and the Lions, maybe seal them against the Packers, but have a good enough division record that gives them a chance to be there in the wild card race come, come, you know, November, December. Well, it sounds like we are perfectly transitioning here into the next portion of our conversation where we start offering up some picks. Let's talk about divisional mm-hmm. winners and let's start right there in the NFC North, taking a look at the odds. Green Bay Packers are your odds on favorite at minus 155. Vikings are uh, plus 250 on the board. Bears plus 500. Detroit Lions 25 to 1 if you think that they can pull off the upset of a lifetime and win the division if you like burning money. Uh, It pains me to say, but as we just said, you got to pick the Packers here, not just because of the favorites. I mean, it's not a good bet because the numbers don't offer you anything, but it's just, I mean, that really spells out the likelihood of them getting it done. I don't agree with the Vikings being uh, being I don't that get that much, one either. Being that much more likely to win the division than the Bears because I think they're pretty neck and neck for that second spot. Um, but the Packers are my pick. It pains me to say, but that's that's just what what it appears what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean barring injury or barring Aaron Rodgers plan yeah. to sabotage the Packers from within um, it, it's their division to have and I, I'm with you I, I'm surprised that I figured the Vikings would be the second favorite I don't think they should be two and a half to one whereas the Bears are five to one that that doesn't make too much sense to me they were absolutely terrible last year I know it was a COVID year but like they just they weren't very good they weren't really any better than the Bears uh, mm-hmm. and I think the Bears took some steps to get a little bit better this year where I think the Vikings kind of stayed fairly stagnant and Delvin Cook, uh, Delvin Cook for them too is injury prone, and if he goes out, their team. Don't their say that. I just done. drafted him second overall in one of my fantasy. Okay, teams. he's on my fantasy team too. Me saying he is injury prone has nothing to do with whether or not he. I know, injured. Matt. I it know we be, don't talk about. I know we yeah. steer clear of fantasy uh, on this podcast, but I will be doing a bunch of fantasy wrap ups for uh, CBS Sports HQ this this uh, this week every Sunday on air. Hey, tune in. But if um, you want if you want your Moose and Runes fantasy fix, either head to head to Moose and Roo- or head to CBS Sports HQ or check out four for four or the, check out four for four dot com or the Fantasy Life app. There you go. Um, I do need to solicit your. So I have another. I have my family draft tonight. Um, I have the second overall pick in that draft as well. Do I double down on Dalvin Cook or do I kind of hedge my heart here and take take it, take a different back. So if Cook does go down, it doesn't, it doesn't murder me in both leagues. That's kind of, that's kind of how I'm, that's kind of how I'm thinking. Yeah. You got to hedge. 
Let's just All be right. smart. Be uh, smart. Back, back to the conversation at hand here. Let's keep it in the NFC. Let's talk about NFC East, which is one of the perpetually up for grab divisions. Dallas Cowboys are your favorites at plus 135. Nobody minus money in this division. Then it's the Washington football team at plus 225. New York Giants offer you four to one odds. Philadelphia Eagles, five to one. I think you could find some value in this division if you believe in one of those other teams. And if you don't believe in the Cowboys, Matt, for me, I'm playing defense here. I think for the first time since 2004, you get a repeat divisional winner and the Washington football team win it again. One of the top defenses in the league. It it can't go without saying really, really stout defense. You got Fitzy as sort of a voice of calm and a, uh, and I guess a leveling factor of the offense. Uh, I'm going Washington in the East. I like your logic. I'm going to go with the giants simply for this, for the same logic. Excuse me, because I think they play pretty good defense. I just think mm-hmm. they have the easier schedule this year uh, because they're not playing that first play first play schedule. I, I think Washington did get a little bit better, but I don't think they're necessarily fully equipped for the schedule that's coming their way. I mean, they start with the Chargers, who are going to be pretty good. Uh, they have the Giants. I think the next week on Thursday night, which will be possibly two teams competing for a division championship. Then they got to go to Buffalo, to Atlanta, home versus New Orleans, home versus Kansas City, at Green Bay, at Denver. Like, that's yeah. a that's a really tough first eight weeks. There is not a given in the in those first eight games. And it's, it's nothing – they're going to win some of them. They're going to be a good team. I love Ron Rivera. Their defense is fantastic. But that schedule is just so unrelenting. And I think you did see the Giants take a step to get better. I think the Cowboys getting Dak back, Dak back means they'll be better as well. I, I like Washington. I think they'll be in the race. But I just think that schedule is going to be a little bit too much for them in the end. That's a good point. Um, that's a good point. I just think that – and it, it's funny that neither of us said the Cowboys. And I, the Cowboys could very well win this division because they are the most talented team in the NFL – or excuse me, in the NFC uh, East. Mm-hmm. I just – until, until you see that, until yeah. I see it, until I just see just not going to believe it until I see it. No, like this is a division that is built on parity. It's built on craziness. It's built on five hundred football teams winning the division, um, years and years and years at a time. Mm-hmm. I, I just there's no value there on the Cowboys. Do they win no. the division percentage wise? Probably more often than any of these other teams, but there's just. There's just no juice in that play. So that's why I think both of us are making nice picks here with Washington and New York offering you uh, offering you some better odds there. Let's talk uh, NFC South, the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers headline this group at minus 200. I believe that's the biggest favorite to win any division, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, Sounds right. maybe the Bills. Um, I'll, I'll look at it when we get there. But minus 200, the Bucks are the favorite there. It is really a two-team race between them. And the uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, Saints have a lot going on with Michael Thomas being out on the IR to start the season. Um, a new quarterback in Jameis Winston. Just a lot of change there. We're seeing if uh, if uh, they can just seamlessly transition at quarterback there. I just think there's too many question marks to play them at three to one. Again, hard to play Tampa Bay at one to two here, but betting against Tom Brady is the quickest way to lose money. I think the Bucks win this division. You got continuity, all 22 coming back from last year's Super Bowl team. Hasn't happened in the modern era. It hasn't happened since like 1974 with the Raiders or something like that. Has a champion returned all 22. It's Tom Brady, and I feel like it's a similar makeup right now divisionally as what he dealt with in New England for the entirety of his career. His team being head and shoulders better than anybody else in the division, you got to pick him. 
Yeah, I, I think the Bucks do win the division. I don't think it's quite. I, I don't think it's quite as easy as as one to two because I just think well, there's going to be some lulls in the regular season at times. And I also think this division, I think it's fairly deep because I do think the Saints are still pretty talented, and I think they now actually have a quarterback that can, that can throw the ball downfield a little bit and make Sean Payton's offense a little bit less predictable. I think Atlanta gets a little bit better under Art Smith, or at least that offense does. I'm excited to see Carolina yeah, this year. I think they improve a little bit with, with Sam Darnold, but it's it's going to be Tampa's division. That I, I don't see anybody being able to win that division from them, especially now, like you're saying, all 22 are back. They started out a little bit slow last year, but they got themselves rolling. Uh, might be a slow-ish start somewhat for some reason because Tom Brady even did that in New England a couple times, but mm-hmm. come week 18, it's it's their division. Yeah, yeah. No, they have a way of ramping up uh, Tom Brady-led teams uh, to when they need to be ready the most. My one concern is the MCL. Uh, he reveals that he tore it um, and played through it at the tail end of the season there um, at, what, 43 now? 44? I can't even keep track of it anymore. I don't want to know how old he is anymore. How old? At 1,000 years old, uh, Father Time, Tom Brady, you got to think at some point, uh, you know, it gets harder to come back from those type of bumps and bruises and tears. Um, I don't think that he's going to have any issue with it, but it's just one thing that gives me pause that you have to look at heading into the season. Uh, yeah, we got to talk yeah. NFC West, Matt, because this is a division, again, this is wrought the most with intriguing division in football. Wrought, wrought with opportunity. You got the Rams, the Niners, you got Seattle and Arizona. Would not surprise me to see any of one of those teams with the hats and the T-shirts at the end of the mm-hmm. season. By the numbers, the Rams are your favorite at almost 2-1, to one, at plus 180. The Rams are your favorite. San Francisco is 2-1 to one on the numbers. Seattle, plus 280. Awesome value right there. Arizona, plus 575. I'm going to let you pick this one first. I'd love to hear what you're going to say. I'm going with your old stopping grounds. I'm going to take the Niners. Um, I, We're I doubling down, are. baby. I think they are the best coach team in the division. I, I think they are. Maybe in the NFL. Pro- I'm sorry. Yeah, it, I love that's, no, it's very, it's very possible. Um, I, 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 they did lose, uh, what's the defensive coordinator? Is it the Jets? Uh, Robert Sala. Robert, Robert um, Sala it, yeah. Interesting to see what the defense looks like without him because I know he, he was a huge impact, but they're, they're still very talented. Um, they have a, a much better quarterback dilemma, I think, than the Bears do. Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you want about him the last couple of years. He's still a guy that's gotten to his Super Bowl that is, is pretty good, and eventually Trey Lance takes over. But you, you got a decent quarterback with you there. You got all these healthy, all these guys that were hurt last year, excuse me, coming back healthy. I love how deep they are. I love how talented they are. I, I love how hard-nosed they play, how well-coached they play. And I just, I think they are the most consistent team in that division among those other four. And I think there's going to be some some ups and downs, some jostling for position. But I think when it's all said and done, those guys are going to be the ones that, that take the division. I think we see this team not only win the division, I think we see them back in the NFC Championship game. I really do. I'm, I'm so enthused by the group. I'm so enthused by the man that leads the group. Um, I'm so enthused by the way he calls plays. Yes, it'll be interesting to see how this defense looks under new tutelage, but... The group is talented. I mean, we're talking Eric Armstead, D. Ford, mm-hmm. Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Nick Bosa, the best linebacker in the game, and Fred Warner. I mean, the back end's pretty nasty, too, with Jimmy Ward. They're just complete. They're complete on the defensive side of the ball, and then they 
turn the ball over to an offense that's more than serviceably led by Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think Mm -hmm. that this year we get a chip on the shoulder, Jimmy, and we get the best Jimmy Garoppolo that we've seen. I don't think we see Trey Lance consistently at any point this season. Maybe there's a package for here or a package there for him. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback for the 49ers, barring injury throughout the entire season. Mm Mm-hmm. Partially because that, partially because that, sorry, partially before because that San Francisco playbook is so much to digest for anybody, and mm-hmm. I think that it's going to take a little time for them to open the whole thing up uh, to the young gun. But I, I just think that Jimmy has been on both sides of this conversation. He was the young gun coming in to unseat Tom Brady, and then Tom Brady raises his level and makes it hard for Jimmy Garoppolo to start the way that the head coach wanted him to. And then he's jettisoned to the 49ers. So now being on the other side of this and being the old head or being the veteran who's not gonna, who wants to not be unseated by the young buck, having that perspective, having that understanding of the situation, I think is going to bring the best out of Jimmy G this year. And I think it's going to lead the 49ers to a high, high uh, height here in 2021. So we're both we're both big on the Bay Area. I, I don't I don't think that the, I I wouldn't be shocked to see him in an NFC Championship game. I, I don't think anyone from this division wins home field in the NFC because they're going to mm-hmm. beat each other up a little bit. I still yeah. think that's going to probably run through either Tampa or or Green Bay. But I, I do think that Tampa that San Francisco I, I like that NFC Championship pick. Uh, and. I wouldn't be surprised at plus 280. It's smart to sprinkle a little there on the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's, that's good value there for them. They, they've just kind of flown under the, they've just kind of flown under the radar. And um, The problem with them is the margin talent, for error. The margin yeah, for error is just so slim because they're so, they're so thin. They're, there's no real depth there. Yeah. But if they stay healthy, they are able to compete with and it, it can beat anybody in that division. Definitely. Uh, let's take it to the AFC in the East. Buffalo Bills minus 155 favorites. So they are shorter favorites than uh, Tampa is. The Dolphins plus 340. New England plus 350. The Jets 22-1. Matt, um, I'm trying not to um, burp up my morning coffee. You got it. So I'm gonna let you, you got it. First. <laughs> Keep it in. Um, it's, it's, it's Buffalo's division, I think. I think you're going to see New England keep it a little bit closer because mm-hmm. I, I do think last year was – I don't want to call it a lost year, but I don't think Bill Belichick took last year as much as as a big let's try and win now year. I think he kind of knew what it was and had a lot of players opting out and took it a little bit as it's just kind of a lost season. Um, I, I think that the Patriots compete. I think that the Dolphins maybe take a tiny step back but are a pretty good team. But Buffalo, I just think they added – they picked up Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Jacob Hollister added to that offense. I, I think they're still really good defensively. Uh, I, I love their offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. Josh Allen, he, he was an MVP candidate last year. They're just that, – that team is too deep, and I, I think they, they win the division, not without a little bit of competition from New England and maybe Miami, but, but for the most part, it's, it's their division to lose. I, I completely agree with you. I think that Buffalo is – you know, two years ago, they were like, oh, this is moving in the right direction. Josh Allen needs to – you know, needs to develop a little bit, needs to get some of the turnovers out of it. Last year looks like an absolute world beater, as you mentioned, an MVP hopeful. They go mm-hmm. to the highest height they have as a team in over three decades or whatever it's been since the four Super Bowls that they lost. Yeah. Um, 
I think they continue to take that step in the right direction. I think that they win this division almost unopposed. Everyone's assuming that Bill Belichick, with have, with uh, you know the defensive opt outs coming back, mm-hmm. and Mac Jones is his quarterback, and you know they go get these two notable tight ends that they're going to all of a sudden be contenders in the division again. I don't believe it for a second. I think that no disrespect to Bill Belichick and what he's accomplished as a head coach, mm-hmm. but I think it is once again magnified that the players play the game. If you want to have the Brady-Belichick conversation, yes, both are responsible for their championships over this last two decades, but you're going to see that the players play the game. And the guy that's on the field, he's going to continue to go to Super Bowls no matter where he's at. The coach at the helm is going to struggle because you can only do so much as a coach. You are an extension of the gameplay. You are setting the game in motion, but those that take the action decide the outcome. I'm not disrespecting Bill Belichick here. I just don't think the Patriots are a very good football team despite the head coaching prowess of Bill Belichick. Look at his record with and without Tom Brady. I know that includes some dark years in Cleveland, but look at his record with and without Tom Brady and tell me that this is a guy that we can just assume is going to take a ragtag bunch to the playoffs. I don't buy it. I, I guess we'll just we'll kind of have to see what kind of player, what kind of quarterback Mac Jones is jumping in right away. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I think it's Buffalo's division. I, I do think that New England, I think it's like plus 140, plus 150. You can find them a, 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 uh, to make the playoffs. I think that's a wor- worthwhile ticket to take a look at. But I'm, I'm with you. Buffalo is the best team in the division. Uh, I uh, think it's by far. I don't have the stat in front of me right now, but I'm going to try and pull it out of my brain from one of the packets that I've been digging into here. I believe it was three, two quarterbacks, two or three quarterbacks. I think it's three, but I can only name two right now. Three quarterbacks that started full rookie campaigns, won seven or more games in that rookie season. Andrew Luck, John Elway, and one other that I can't remember off the top of my head. So it's just stacked against a rookie quarterback. Um, because oftentimes that rookie quarterback is there and starting because things were so bad before him. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes in New England. Uh, moving on here to the AFC North. you got the Ravens, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Bengals. The North in the AFC, to me, is the West in the NFC. It's just kind of... You know, maybe not. Maybe that. Maybe Cincy. Maybe Cincy isn't on that same line as Arizona, being the last team in the conference and still being talented. But you got three teams there that would not surprise me to win this division: Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. For me, looking at it by the numbers, I mean Pittsburgh's offensive line really scares me. It's four new guys, bunch of them are rookies. Uh, Big mm-hmm. Ben's getting a little long in the tooth, but. Mike Tomlin-led teams, they go 500 or better. He started his NFL coaching career with 14 seasons of 500 football or better. Um, That will take them over their win total this year, which I believe is at 8.5. So that's a smart play on Pittsburgh is the over. But for my money, I think Cleveland wins this division at plus 145. I... I'm going to go with Baltimore because I, I think I think Cleveland might have the best roster in the division, probably does. I just – there's a lot of expectation there, and they're playing with a lot of expectation in a very, very good division. I think Baltimore is an incredibly talented team that has really done it the last couple of years. It has been very good. that has gone out one playoff games. I think Pittsburgh – Everyone wants to seemingly write them off and say Big Ben's done and, you know, their, their collapse last year after the 11-0 start and it was the beginning of the end. I think they're still 
really good defensively. I still think they have weapons offensively. They added Najee Harris, who I think is is going to be a very good dual threat running back for them, be their best running back right away. And mm-hmm. I, I do think ben, Big Ben, who's a little bit long on the tooth, like you were saying, I still think he's got a little bit left in the tank, and he's seemingly in better shape this this off season, Though I guess I'll believe every, that every I, year, I, yeah, I'll every year he it. comes back like he does. Like, better he, shape. he must do like he must do like a juice cleanse like a week before yeah. camp because he like comes in like all unbloated, and then by week six it looks like he's been eating cheesesteaks and horseshoes for a month straight. Yeah, but I, I don't think they win the division. But I, I still think they're a very comparable team, and you know. I don't know when they play Cleveland, but they're probably going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder from last year's playoff game. Probably not like how that that loss went down. I just I'm going to go with Baltimore because of the known commodity and how they play under pressure, how they play with expectation. Not that Cleveland isn't the best team talent wise in the division, because I think they are. But it's a young roster with a young head coach, and I, I'm interested to see on how they play with expectation and when the first sign of trouble goes, you know, when there's the first sign of adversity, mm-hmm. how they handle it. Whereas Baltimore's just a team that's been there before. I think it's going to be a close race. I think the winner's going to have, you know, 11 or 12 wins, but I, I, I'm going to go with Baltimore in the end out of I, reputation. I, I, I think if you would have asked me this question a month ago, I would have said Baltimore, but with uh, J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill going down, that's two big pieces in that backfield that's going to put a lot more weight on Lamar's shoulders. They do just go out and sign Le'Veon Bell uh, and add him to that running back room, but that's going to take some time to ramp up mm-hmm. as well. I do like It's going to be wild more. seeing him in that uniform. It's, it's been wild seeing him in any uniform but a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform, so yeah. I, I think I'll get used to it pretty quickly. Um, but to your point, Baltimore is always just one of the constants across the league as of late. I don't hate the pick. I just kind of lean towards Baker contract year, pay that man his money, another step mm-hmm. in the right direction. That's why I go with the Browns. Would not surprise me in the least if Cleveland won this division. In the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans are minus money favorites at minus 120, followed by the Colts at plus 145, the Jaguars 8 to 1, the Texans 28 to 1. I think that this will be the easy this will be the easiest win of a division by any team in football. I think Tennessee wins it by multiple games. I don't believe in any of the other teams in this division, even Indianapolis. People continue to go to the well on Indianapolis and think they're a better football team than they are. Carson Wentz is going to show you that he's a middling quarterback once again. Um, I, I just like Tennessee because, you know, oftentimes culture wins ball games and ball games win divisions. I think Tennessee's culture is one of the one of the better cultures across the NFL right now. I am I'm with you on Tennessee. I'm interested to see how the offense looks after losing Art Smith to the Falcons and see if there's any change there or see how much of an impact he had on Ryan Tannehill. Um, I'm a little bit higher on Indy than you are, but at the same time, I think it's, it's Tennessee's division to lose. Absolutely. I think I took a future on them when they were still plus money. I didn't understand why. Clearly, that number's now dropped to, to put them at minus 120. I think, I think Indy's fine. I think they play good defense. I think their running game is going to be solid. I, I, I don't think... Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be too big of an upgrade from Phillip Rivers because I think as weak yeah. as his arm was last year, he ran that offense really, really well and knew where to get the ball all the time. Uh, it's, it's Tennessee's division to lose because they're deep on offense. They added Julio Jones, and they still have Derrick Henry, who might be the best individual weapon in the NFL. 
um, at least the most durable weapon in the NFL. There you go. That durable might be better. And, and, and I will knock on wood because that man just totes the rock and gets up and totes the rock and gets mm-hmm. up and totes the rock and gets up and beats you by attrition. He's been doing it for three years now. It's, it's simply spectacular. Wouldn't surprise me if he, again, goes for 2,000 this year. So we'll see mm-hmm. how it all goes down. Uh, one last division to get to here, Matt, the AFC West. At ready on three. One, two, three. Kansas Chiefs. Um, you said Kansas City. I just said Chiefs. But, oh, minus so this is the, this is the so division. I, I do, yes, yeah, I do raise my hand. I was wrong on the Bucks. I don't know how this didn't come to mind. There's, uh, barring catastrophic injury, there's no way they don't win the division. Uh, I agree. I, mean, I think that maybe, I think the maybe division the, is maybe good. The Chargers are, maybe the Chargers become an interesting team. They don't contend for the division. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. I think the Chargers are the team to watch here because I, I think they will be pretty solid this year. I, I think Justin Herbert probably does take a step forward. They have what is seemingly a better coaching staff now with Brandon Staley. And I, I like bringing in, uh, I, I like bringing him in, keeping him in LA. It's probably very convenient for him. Probably didn't even have to move. Um, but I, I think they're a good team now, better coached than they were under Anthony Lynn. And if Justin Herbert can take a step forward, maybe they do get Kansas city in one of those two games, but it's, it's Kansas city's division to lose. Um, I, I don't think the chargers are ready to unseat them yet. I think Denver is going to play really good defense, but obviously incredibly limited offensively. And I think the Raiders will be an absolute roller coaster. Like they have been each of the last three years. They're going to win some games that blow your mind. They're going to lose some games that blow your mind and be pretty fun uh, to watch along the way. Let's always uh, tab this tape for four months from now when we look like uh, unabashed fools, but uh, that's, that's the fun of it all. So let's double down here, Matt. Let's really push our chips to the middle of the table. Let's talk conference champions and Super Bowl champion before we let's get to some, uh, some individual awards. Uh, I'm going to lead us off here because it's fresh on the brain. Sure. Um, I'm going to go one step further back. I'm going to give you a final four here. NFC Championship game features the Buccaneers and the San Francisco 49ers. The Buccaneers once again representing the NFC. They will go up against the winner of the Bills and the Chiefs. I have the Bills overcoming the Chiefs this season. It's Bucks and Bills with the Bills winning the Super Bowl. Oh, this is boring. I, I also have no, – I was going to have the same Final Four. I have the same Super Bowl, but I'm going to take the Bucks winning the Super Bowl over, over wow, the Bills. Wow, got them going back to back. I just – I'm not what – I'm just – I'm not going to – We we've talked about it on this podcast before. You said it on this pod, podcast before. You don't make a whole bunch of money betting against Tom Brady. I will happily be the last person off the Tom Brady bandwagon. It used to be the Patriots bandwagon. Now it's the Tom Brady bandwagon. I'll be the last one off it. I'm not going to bet against him until they lose. I'm, I'm going to, as long as he's in a uniform and looking good, I'm going to take his team to win the Super Bowl. So I, I got bucks over bills. All right. Uh, love the picks. Love the plays. Matt, let's get to some individual honors here. Uh, I'm just going to run down my list. Rookie of the year, Najee Harris paying you 10 to 1. Go bet it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the one I had last, circled. Over the well. last ten over the last ten years, offensive rook, excuse me, offensive rookie of the year has gone half of the time to quarterback, half of the time to a position player. The last two seasons have gone to quarterbacks, but just that even disparity of half the time it's not a QB, and I think that this QB group um, it's good, but 
the Jaguars aren't going to win enough games and Trevor Lawrence isn't going to look that good for him to win it. Fields isn't going to get the immediate start. Um, Lance isn't going to get the immediate start. Zach Wilson's going to throw too many interceptions. Mac Jones might look solid, but I don't think MVP type caliber, or excuse mm-hmm. me, rookie of the year type rookie caliber. Year. I think it's, I think at 10 to one, Najee Harris is the bet you have to make today. Uh, for offensive MVP, I am going to hand that award to Josh Allen. And then defensive-wise, who cares? Yeah, um, I, I, defensive player of the year, I think it's just generically Aaron Donald until Aaron Donald, the Aaron Donald award. Aaron Donald. Yeah. Um, I, I like your MVP picks. I, I like both of those picks. I, I think an MVP pick I would be interested to see odds for. I, I know it almost always goes to a quarterback, but I'd be interested to see Derrick Henry's odds because I, I think, again, he's going to have mm. a really good year. He's going to be around 2,000. He's going to be the focal point of that offense that team's going to be really good and probably have you know a top three seed in in, in the afc because of how bad that division is uh that, that'd be a ticket i'd look at but I, I like your josh allen pick i like your Najee harris pick maybe justin fields maybe justin fields i like it i like it yeah uh, just not enough the bears not enough juice in that squeeze for me i just no, think no, that no. vegas has the number wrong on Najee right now they're not giving the running back the respect he deserves i would agree um, and and i think in that, that offense you're going to see him get a lot of carries yeah. catch a lot of the backfield a lot of all-purpose it, yards a lot of touchdowns it, it might be back. it might be that season two where you really and i think we've seen a little bit of it the last few years of the arm talent of Ben Roethlisberger deteriorating a little bit. And as that happens, you become more reliant on your running game and on your running back and on those check downs. I think Najee gets a lot of touches this season. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Should Matt, we do locks? Anything else for the people? What do you got? Oh, locks of the week. We got locks lock of the week. It up. Come on now. All right. Uh, Matt is 1-0. I am 0-1. I gave you the uh, UC Davis over. That did not go over, but they did pull <laughs> off the upset there. So uh, they did. That one, so uh, we'll, that, I, I give you half credit, but I'm not going to take, give you half take credit. that to heart. Take that to heart, yeah. uh, Matt. Uh, you won the Cincinnati bet, correct? I did. Cincinnati apps. Uh, they, they cruised. I think they won like they won by thirty something, and they were up thirty five nothing at half. That one was was never really in doubt. It's, it's always nice when the lock isn't even a sweat when you when you have that no pressure. Um, I'm going to make my. I'm going to stick with the, week two. I did scroll through the NFL ranks. I didn't love anything that jumped out at me. I was scrolling through the college ranks. Didn't totally love anything, but I, I haven't done my Mac research yet. That, that'll be, maybe we'll do a Mac preview next week after they've played a couple games. Please no. I don't understand why Notre Dame is only laying 16 and a half at home against Toledo. I, I think they looked, the, the offense was buzzing against Florida State. Florida State was able to do a couple things offensively because it seemed like Notre Dame's defense got a little bit tired and they had some athletes offensively. Toledo doesn't have the athletes to play with Notre Dame. I think they come home, win that game pretty handedly because I don't think they're terribly thrilled, or at least that coaching staff is terribly thrilled with how that one ended and how they finished that game. So I think you see them want to make a statement, not just not to the country, but that coaching staff is going to want their team to make a statement and play a complete game. So I don't think 16.5 points is enough for Notre Dame at home against the MAC opponent. Yeah, I think so. I think that Notre Dame offensive and defensive line have a lot to prove, and I think that maybe they do prove some of that here in week two against a lesser opponent. I don't hate the pick at all. Matt, before we get to my pick, we have some breaking news here on CBS Sports HQ, the oh Chicago boy. Bears. Uh, adding another starting Justin Fields? This, nope, adding another oh. player to the single-digit club. Uh, Danny Trevathan is switching to number six. Okay. Oh, no, that, that number should be retired. I don't know if it should, but it's going to look funny to see somebody other than Cuddy 
in number six and it being dust Shabazz. off those dust off those cutler dust off those, dust off those cutty jerseys folks uh, uh with that being said let me get to a pick here for us i like the tennessee titans laying three at home to start the season against arizona um it wasn't as cut and dry as maybe it was in your head to pick the uh chiefs and the bills in that afc title game Mm-hmm. I almost went with the Bills and the Titans because of that culture, because of what Mike Vrabel has uh, established, because Taylor Lewan's back in good health, uh, sharing up that left side because of Derrick Henry, because of Julio mm-hmm. and Anto- and uh, and uh, AJ Brown being out there. Like it's just a really, really good football team. I think they are six and a half points better than the Arizona Cardinals. I like the Titans covering three in Week One. Love it. Let's, uh, All right. let's go. Let's go with a couple locks here. I hope you get on the board. I hope you, I hope I stay on the board, and I hope you get on it. Uh, Matt, I, I give you a hat tip, a hat tip, and a golf clap here uh, for getting to the Moose and Ruins podcast, despite being on a nice little uh, West you Coast. You too, as jog. well. You, you had a late night last um, night. Yeah, yeah, late one. Blake's now always works slow. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we come out here, we do it for the people. Um, it is a labor of love, and we love to do it for you, Moose and Roots listeners. Thank Joe, you as would you, always. Would for you like me to in. put a future on for you when I'm in Vegas? I'm, I'm heading to the airport to head to Vegas in about 10 minutes. You want me to put anything down for you? Put that Najee Harris MVA offensive yeah, 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 yeah. ticket. Yeah, put, put a, one put down a, for put you. Put a hundred. Put a hundred. I need you to put a hundred on Najee Harris offensive rookie of the year for me. Okay, I like I, that. I, I'm we'll, not. I'm not kidding at all. I'll Venmo you when, when we <laughs> hang up here. Help! I'll put the ticket down at Caesars. Try and find it. Yes, it has to be Caesars Sportsbook. Got to be Caesars. betting partner of CBS Sports HQ. Come on, so. Joe. There you go. Um, that is going to do it for Moose and Noons episode 220 for Matt. I am Joe. Thank you as always for tuning in. Head on over to Twitter. Send us some mailbag questions. It is football season. We got a lot to get to, but we still love digging into that mailbag, going a little bit uh, off the map, maybe a little food talk, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, tailgate talk. It is All the season. Uh, so get set with us here on the Moose and Noons podcast. But for now, he is Matt. I am Joe. And we'll talk to you guys next week. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.